Hello, guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast. I hope everyone has had a beautiful holiday. I am here. I'm ready to give the word of the Lord what the Lord has put in my spirit to speak on his behalf. This is a vital word. This is a very profound and important word in this season, in this time. And God is speaking loud and clear. The title from the thumbnail simply reads, Leadership is Influence. Leadership is Influence. This is going to be a different video. I'm going to be doing some inserts of some other um, uh, videos, maybe one or two, just to, <clears throat> God wanted me to hone in on a specific leader that had an amazing testimony, amazing testimony. And I don't want you guys to miss this. Um, so today's subject and topic is going to be on this, the topic of leadership. Listen, if you are an apostle, if you are a prophet, if you are evangelist, a teacher, if you are a pastor, if you are an elder, if you are a deacon, if you are a leader at any capacity, vice president, CEO, if you are a manager, if you are a director, whatever the title calls for, this word is for the leadership. If you're leading in any capacity, if you're leading in your home as a parent, if you're leading in your community, if you're leading in politics, come on. If you're leading in any capacity, this word is for the leaders, the leaders, the leaders, the leaders in this nation. God has a word and his word is always speaking. And Lord, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do and what you're about to say, Father, all of you and none of me in the matchless name of Jesus. So God has been speaking to me about leadership as he often does. Um, I'm just going to give you a little backstory. Years ago, I was uh, actually, um, uh, it was around the time of my father passing. And um, a lot of words, you know, when people pass away, you know, there's a lot of family uh, things that happen uh, surrounding your family. And um, I had a word for my brother but before I before I um, got the word of the Lord to release to him, um, we were all just talking and, you know, how you can be saying the right things, but it's not what God is saying. Right. So the reason why I'm telling this story is because of the word of the Lord that came as a result of this interaction. Right. So the interaction was simply put, you know, we had all had a dream that my father was actually sick and he was dying of cancer. So we all had a dream that he was dying. And some saw, some of us saw him, saw ourselves at the funeral with the black suits on. Some of us was just simply told, but I think all of us had a dream in some, some capacity within the uh, months before he passed away. God was simply just letting us know that he was getting ready to transition out, right? And so we all got together and we all started talking about the dreams that we had pertaining to his passing. And then, you know, my brother would say, oh, well, I was in a black suit speaking at his funeral. So as time went on, the more, you know, his health started deteriorating, we all came together and I flew into Chicago and we all came together and we were talking about, um, you know, just praying over him and my mom and him had been together for 46 years, obviously. So 
she was holding on, you know, holding on, you know, but we already knew that God has given us a dream, not her per se, but we did all of the adult children. So my brother looked at me and said, mom was like, well, we just going to believe God that he's going to be healed and which was the right thing to say. Right. But it wasn't the God thing that was going to happen. And then my brother said, looked at me and said, can we just believe God? you know, with mama, can we just believe God with mama? Because I believe I had given her a word of the Lord and said, what, what if he is not healed? What if the, like the Hebrew boys, what if the fire gets turned, turned up seven times hotter? And I remember saying that to her. She said, well, I'm just going to believe God. Cause you know, sometimes people, we don't want to come to the realization of things that are really happening, you know? So I'm saying all of this to say, um, when my brother said, can we just believe God that he's going to be healed? Sound like the right thing, but I got a check in my spirit. Didn't say anything because, you know, it's a time and season for everything, you know, and um, I just waited and I prayed, you know, and I just went on, you know, I didn't think no more about it. So at that point, he hadn't passed away yet. And I had already been out of work for, I think, the past three weeks. So I said, well, let me go back. And if something happens, give me a call. Right. So me and my son went back, came back to Atlanta. And right before that Monday, I was getting ready to go. Um, I decided to go to church. So when I went to church, um, I got a word of the Lord from one of the prophets and um, called me up there. And they gave me the word of the Lord. <clears throat> and, you know, the prophet simply came and she said, you know, it's like I'm seeing all of these conversations going on in the room. Now, she had no idea what we was talking about in the room all the way in Chicago. And I, I didn't give that information. So she said, and it's like, I'm hearing these conversations where, you know, I'm this and I'm that. And she went on to explain what she heard, you know, in the spirit. And she was spot on. And then she looked at me and she said, and that what you see on your brother, Stacy, she said, God is calling you to correct that. And immediately when she said that, I got a check in my spirit as the, and it all played out the conversation that me, him and I had, right? And immediately when she said that, she said, and God is calling you to correct that. She said, God is calling you, you know, to give a word of correction. He said, because in my mind, I immediately said, well, I know I had to give a word of correction to my mom. And, you know, you don't want to assert authority because you want to know your place, even, you know, though you are who you are in the things of God, your parents are still your parents. So, and God knows that. But he, she looked at me and she said that God is calling you to correct that what you see in your brother Stacy, and she said, and he, she, she said you need to speak that word to him that God has given you. God says I override, I override all authority, and I correct all. In other words, God is saying that even though we as people know our position, you know, to leadership and pastors to apostles, I'm going somewhere with this. So just give me a moment. We know our position with leadership. We know our position with apostles. And we know that we are to honor the man and woman of God, right? We know this. But God always has a Nathan for David. He always has a Joseph for Potiphar. And he always have a Samuel for Saul. There's a Moses for a Pharaoh, guys. Hear me when I say this. So when she said, God says, I override all authority. And I correct all that was letting me know God saying is saying that even though someone may be in a position of authority over you, right? If God is giving you a spirit of correction and if that is your calling, he's saying that if he gives you a word, then his authority overrides all authority. Now, God knows that 
he entrusts that type of anointing to those that he knows that's going to speak it the right way because I even got a word saying that God is going to allow you to do this because he knows that you have a heart to do things the way he wants you to do them and not do things out of judgment or do things out of, you know, just being mean, basically, because some people got a word, but it's not in love. So he knows that I would speak a word in love. So I got that word before. So that was the second time I got that word about the spirit of correction and a sharp word of rebuke for pastors. So I'm saying all of that to say that God has given me a word today to speak to the leadership, the leadership in any capacity, in any form, whatever leadership role you carry. It may be a manager at a fast food chain. It may be a CEO. It may be a vice president. I was assigned to about 10 vice presidents for 11 years and one attorney at a job I used to work at. And I can assure you God had a word for them through me working there as being their executive assistant. God always will put you, see the thing about it is man want the title, right? But Joseph and Joseph is Joseph had the had the interpretations. Man have the dream but Joseph had the interpretations. And so sometimes God will put you in a posture and a position that he's called you to correct some things that you see, right? And the Bible says that God chastened those that he loves. It simply says in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, it reads, verse 6, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Verse 7, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Verse 8. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Verse 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? So God is saying that if you are without chastening, of which you have become partakers, because you're saying that God is your father, right? Then you are Ill illegitimate sons. So God always chasing those that he loved. And I just want to implore you that before you can bring a word of correction, you first have to be correctable and corrected. He's speaking and he's speaking, he's repeating himself in some of this um, of what he's given me. And I want to be very clear, you know, as I go forward, um, I want to first, before we get into the overall message, he's actually going to give me, um, he gave me some information regarding the XRP coin um, and then also about the coins in general. So, but before we get into that, I want to first um, talk about um, the other video uh, that talks about the confirmation, the Shiba Inu coin, and I had gotten some responses in the comments regarding the uh that validity of the the dates you know that what that God, I said that God highlighted to me now the bible says in proverbs 22 it says a good name is more desirable than great riches to be esteemed is better than silver and gold you know and it says one thing that the rich and poor has in common that the lord is the maker of them all so I'm saying that a good name is more to be esteemed is what God is saying than riches, okay? So I take leadership seriously and the things that God has entrusted me with, which is his most valuable possession, which is people. And I love people and I love God. 
And even though I know that I don't have to explain myself, you know, for the sake of not wanting anyone to stumble, you know, or just not wanting anything that I say to be misconstrued or misunderstood. Um, when I spoke about the dates uh, being September 22nd through the 24th, I said that God was highlighting those dates to me. Highlighting those dates, I was stepping out on faith and I said, you know, I believe it was, you know, going to be the drop when he was going to do uh, the Sheba Inu coin. Just being totally 100 and keeping it 100 and transparent with you guys. Um, because I value people and I value my responsibility as a leader to speak, you know, and be a mouthpiece for the Lord. However, those dates that God were highlighting to me was not highlighted to me uh, for the sake of that per se, but it was highlighted to me for the sake of I entered into a fast, you know, which I didn't share with anyone. Um, when I enter into fast, I don't really share that with anyone. So God was wanting me to go into a fast for three days and also to have communion with him. And so that's what he was really highlighting to me and why is because September 24th was the, the new year of, of the Jewish uh, new year, 5783, uh, where we were crossing over into the new year where things were getting ready to, you know, take place. And he wanted me to consecrate myself and come into um, um, fellowship with him for those three dates. And I did not know that until almost like the day before, but I had already given the, the video prior to that. So I just wanted to be clear on that. So of course, you know, I went before God and I repented. I said, Lord, I don't want to be saying nothing that you didn't say, you know, and I know that you, uh, prompted me and highlighted those dates. And I just, you know, immediately said, okay, well then I must be, you know, but then as the dates got closer, I realized it was for a fast. However, so I just wanted to make that clear. And I wanted to let you know that we are people when we give the word of God, right? We're nothing but people. We're flawed individuals. Um, but that still doesn't decrease the responsibility that we have to speak accuracy and to speak the oracles of God. But I want to say this because I don't want anyone to um, be led astray, you know, in any way, because I love people and I love, and I take the things that God has entrusted me seriously. So I'm, what you're going to get from me is transparency. Um, so I'm saying all of that to say, if I've caused anyone offense or any, you know, anyone to think something about God that wasn't true, or I don't want to bring a reproach on his name, I repent for that. You know, and I've already talked to God about that. Um, but at the same time, I I don't want people to think that when God gives me an assignment or he gives me something to say, that I'm not going to say it. Because I stand strong. I stand with ten toes down when it comes to the things of God. And I don't retreat and I don't back up because the enemy will love nothing more than for us to silence us. Oh, now what they're going to think. Oh, now I don't really, really care what people think. The only thing I care about is what God is telling me to say or what he's assigning me to do. Okay, guys. So I just wanted to make that clear and I don't want to like skip over it, you know, and just keep doing videos without addressing that, you know, because I don't want anyone, anyone to be led astray, but I wanted them to know what happened behind the scenes and what really took place in that. Now, I still stand strong in the faith and knowing that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. I don't retreat and I don't back up from that. It's in his timing. So, as I go Lord. on. 
Okay, so as I showed you the video, right? The video of of the video of me being corrected, right? The video of God speaking through me, um, saying, you know, let me know, hey, it's not enough for you to give uh, wrong dates. You have to get on there and repent. You have to get on there because, see, as leaders, what we don't understand is leadership is influence. And there's a lot of people that are being heavily influenced by witchcraft and leadership. They're being influenced by a political party. They're being influenced on a level that God has not called them to influence people by. And a lot of people are being led astray. There are so many millions of Christians in hell because they have been led astray by leaders that are not following the Lord, that have started out with the Lord, but as the time has gone on, I don't believe every leader is a bad leader. I don't believe every people, everybody intentionally try to deceive. But I do believe that there is a um, a way that seems right to man, right? Proverbs 16, but in the end, there is death. We can sometimes think we are right, guys, and be oh so wrong and be on the path of hell and, dest and destruction or just be on the path of off of the path that God has called you to be on as a leader, as a leader, influence does matter. Who we speak, we, if we say we're speaking on God's behalf, it matters what we're saying to people. It matters when we don't get things right. It matters how our response is going to be to the people, right? And this is vitally important because there are so many people that are being led astray. So many people that are being led astray because they don't want to upset authority or they feel like they don't want to be disrespectful to authority. But God overrides. I'm here to tell you, he overrides all authority and his word has to be the final authority in your life. And sometimes it will even come as a test. It would even come as a test to test to see who your allegiance is to. And sometimes God will put you in a situation or allow you to be in a situation where he will test your heart to see what's in your heart. Because sometimes our allegiance is so wrapped up in the leader, is so wrapped up in the wrong thing that we get so entangled with the yoke of bondage and entangled with words and entangled with popularity and entangled with people that we put on a pedestal that we forget all about what God is speaking to us, what God is saying to us on a personal level. Hear me. Listen to this, guys. No one can hear God for you better than you. No one can hear God for you better than you. Does this mean that we're not listening to leadership? Absolutely not, because I stand on so many shoulders. I stand on so many shoulders of so many people that have imparted so many things of the Lord inside of me. So that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is leadership, all leadership God corrects and he chastens, okay? He chastens those that he loves. And we have to be so careful that we're not leading people on the path that God did not intend for us to be on, right? As leaders, we can lead people into another path, okay? So God corrects those that he loves, right? And as leaders, we hold a huge responsibility and a higher accountability to the things that we speak to the people of God.
and how we respond and how we respond to what God is saying to us is going to determine the way our ministry goes. It's going to determine how God uses us. It's going to determine whether we're promoted or demoted spiritually. It's going to determine if we're going to have other open doors for us in the marketplace ministry where God has called us to be leaders in the marketplace ministry. So God has called us to be leaders, even on our jobs, even in our communities and even in, pol in political realms. Right. And we have to be very careful that we take this seriously and that we are not led astray by the lust of the flesh and by our own desires and not the desires of God. Because hear me, guys, you can be speaking the what you think is the word of the Lord and it can be an idol in your heart that you're speaking and that you're projecting onto other people that are following you. So it's vitally important that we hear and that we know, and that when we get that word of correction or check in our spirit, that we not only uh, repent, but we repent the way God asks us to repent. See, it's not enough sometimes to go in your private closet and repent about something that you have said that have led others astray. It's about us being corrected the way God says to be corrected. And I'm going to show you this in a video clip of a, a prophet Jeremiah. It's an amazing testimony. Uh, God had him re to repent for prophesying the election that Trump was going to win the 2020 election and some other things, right? And it's a strong testimony and a strong word of rebuke that I think that we as leaders need to, to take heed lest we fall. The Bible says, take heed. That a man think he stand lest he fall. So there is a way that may seem right to us, right? Because sometimes when we're given the word of the Lord, because the soul and the spirit is so has to be rightly divided by the word, is sometimes our flesh will get into the word that God is telling us to speak. And that's sometimes, you know, guys, we're not perfect. We're not we're not talking about perfection, but God is a God of progress. He is a God of movement. He's a God of momentum, right? So he is a God that will tell us to repent in the way he see fit for us to repent. And some of us are even even the more, even more so not repenting at all when we're not getting it right. Because we're so worried about our reputations. But I want you to hear this powerful testimony of a man of God, a prophet that is a seasoned prophet for years that God had to correct him and to uh, do some things with him, but I want to let this clip speak for it. I don't, I don't do it no justice. And I'm going, uh, his name is prophet Jeremiah Johnson. And he was at the Occupy conference. Uh, apostle Tommy Aroma, Aroma, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Tommy Aroma, Aromani, Aromani, I'm sorry. That's how you pronounce it. So he was at that conference. So we may say, well, who am I to judge or who am I to um, say who's wrong and who's right. Let me say this. When God gives a word of correction, as I had just mentioned, the prophet Nathan, the prophet uh, Joseph, uh, Moses, and we can just keep going, uh, Samuel, he's coming through his prophets. He's coming through his the person who's speaking on his behalf, okay? So it's not that, that we're judging him. It's God speaking through us, right? And I would even say it's a judgment. I would say it's God's mercy, because what God typically does is he, give you, he gives you time in private to get it right. 
He'll give you time and private to get it right. And when you continue on in your sin, right, he then pulls the cover from over you. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So it's not so much as, you know, we repent, but we need to repent how God is telling us to repent, right? So we see that. And we also see in the book of James, uh, verse three, it says here, let me read that for you guys. It says the book of James, it says three and one, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. He's simply saying that there's a higher accountability and there's a stricter um, uh, judgment that comes upon people and leaders that desire to be teachers, desire to be prophets, desire to be leadership at any capacity. There's a higher accountability for that. So God is saying, be careful. This is why it's so important that we repent. It's so important that we be transparent as leaders. It's so important that we, uh, if we don't get it right, because we're not perfect and we're not going to always say the right things and do the right things, but it's how we respond to the things that we do wrong is what God looks at. And then he looks at on top of that, after you don't get it right, you continue on in like nothing has happened. So God is saying leadership at every capacity, no matter what the platform or location has a responsibility to the people that they are speaking to because leadership is influence. And then some leaders are simply just preaching in the name of God, but against God, preaching in the name of God, but against God. You know, I heard even heard um, I heard one of the guys say on his YouTube channel, he said, he asked someone else, a couple, he asked them, he said, if, if I missed the word of the Lord, should I do a video saying that I missed it? And they told him, no, he shouldn't do a video. The devil is a liar. Let me start by saying, saying this, that should have been a question for the Lord. That shouldn't be a question for the, the very people who got the dates wrong on their channel. And then another one come and ask, should he do another video if he does get it wrong, if he missed God? And they say, no, don't do a video. That's a red flag in, in and of itself. I'm coming, I'm, I'm coming the way the Holy Spirit wants me to come. Why? Because there are souls that are hanging in the balance. There are souls that are following people, right? Following people and not being accountable to the things that they're doing or saying. And we're leading people off of the beaten path and off of the road because God, because we are looked at as an example. And the, the things that we do is what other people are going to follow. So it's vitally important. It's vitally important. Okay. So let's look at some of the things that God is saying. Um, he's taught, he also had me to talk about worshiping political parties that some leaders in this time, and I'm going to speak it, I'm going to speak it, I'm going to say it. We have built their whole ministries on President Trump. The whole ministry is built on a word of the Lord for President Trump coming back into office, being reelected, 
you know, even going to speaking word curses over people about people dying, you know, other parties dying and other bad things happening to other people. And, and this is witchcraft, guys. This is not of God. God, <laughs> this is not of God. Speaking in the name of God, but against God. God says he desires that all come into the knowledge of the truth and to repent. He desires mercy. God desires mercy. God is mercy. And let me just say this, because this happens on so many levels. It, this even happens in, in people, you know, telling other people that God told them that this is my husband and they're married already. That that this this happens on so many levels, you know, so many levels. It can happen on jobs where managers, you know, are wishing, you know, people are wishing bad things so that they can take the role of another on their job. That is not of God. Wishing something bad on someone so that you so, so that the person that you desire, or shall I say, the idol that you desire, or the thing that you want to come to pass, will happen. That's witchcraft. It's not of God. Hear me. Listen to me, guys. So he's had me to highlight this. Prophetic witchcraft. Slander. Greed. Greed. People that are in it for the likes and the views. They're in the YouTube algorithm. They're in the algorithm on IG. They're in the algorithm, right? They're in the algorithm because they have a certain amount of money they need to make. I'm going to say it. So rebellion, God's saying repenting, you're not repenting. Double-mindedness, double-mindedness. Then he had me to, uh, hit, to talk about on the down low, homosexuality and leadership. Homosexuality is not of the Lord. Listen to me. Do not mistake in God's silence. Do not mistake in God's silence for his approval. You have leaders in the body of Christ. I did a video on this a while back. It's called, Don't Unsee What You Saw. God told me that. You seen right when I showed it to you. Don't unsee what you saw. There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end there is death, right? Homosexuality in the body of Christ, on the down low, living a double life, double-mindedness. And I know that so many of us in the body see this. They can see the spirits, right? But because of the popularity, because of the title, because of the position, because of fear of man and fear of being outcasted, you don't want to say anything or you don't want to move or leave that church because God is saying to get out of there. So you, so you sit and you endure for the sake of a title. And then those that are in leadership that see this behavior still do not say anything. So you got leadership in the body of Christ living a double life, homosexuals, and preaching the gospel. Listen, God is a God of love and he's a God of mercy. And if that is you, he's simply just saying, come to me and I will give you rest. Just repent 
and ask God to forgive you, there's no condemnation. God is merciful, he's loving, and he's kind. God has always provided a way of escape for his people. No matter what the situation is, what we have done, God is merciful. We've all have fallen short of the glory of the Lord. There is no man, no one, according to 1 John 1 and 8, no one can say that they have not sinned. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So I don't care who the leader is and what their title is or what the capacity is. If they say they have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. All have fallen short of the glory of the, of the Lord. All. There is no leader, no prophet, no apostle, no teacher, no manager, no CEO, no one, no thing. No one <laughs> that has not sinned. And if we say we have not sinned, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us, God says. So just come humbly, but come knowing that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God will give you a moment. He will give you some time to get it right. And at some point in time, he's going to unveil and he's going to pull them covers from over you. He will expose. That's why it's better to just get it done in that secret place. And if he's calling you to do it in another way or to repent to the people or to get on the platform and do it, you're going to see this in the video that I'm going to insert in this. You're going to see it. And it's powerful. And I implore you to watch the entire thing because the whole word message that this prophet Jeremiah Johnson gave it was, it was about not only him repenting, but it was also about how God dealt with him regarding uh, him speaking a word that God did not give him. This is a seasoned prophet. Why? Because he wanted Trump to win as well. So it's very vitally important that we don't use the platforms and the, the, the audience that God gives us to preach in the name of God, but against God. What do I mean? You're preaching and thus said the Lord, right? But it's not, it's against God because it's not what God is saying. It's the idols in our heart that we are speaking and projecting onto other people. It's going with along with the masses. But I'm here to tell you, when God told me to look up the word remnant, guys, he said, look up the word remnant. So I said, I looked up the word remnant. Remnant. What does remnant mean? Remnant means a small remaining quantity of something. God's remnant is a small remaining quantity of something. It's small. That means that as many Christians, as many believers as you see, there's only a remnant that really is going to speak the oracles of God. And most remnants are not popular. Most remnants are not popular. And I just want to say this. It is vitally important that as God continually have me to, to deal with these different things, spiritual abuse from leaders, it's vitally important that we are hearing God for ourselves. No one can hear God for you better than you. God wants intimacy with him first and foremost before that church, before that leader, before your spouse, before your children, before every and all things, that career, for that, 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 that job, that, that business. God has to be first. And every leader, and I say this time and time again throughout every video, 
will always point you back to Jesus. The words that we speak should always point you back to Jesus. It should not point you to ourselves, right? Everything goes back to him. We're nothing without him. The Bible says even our righteous acts are as filthy rags. <laughs> so we can't take no credit for anything that we say or do. The Holy Spirit is the prophet. God is the, the speaker. And we have to be vitally careful that we are not leading people into a path of hell, death, and destruction because of the idols in our heart. We're speaking out and projecting onto the people. And as a result, instead of following Christ, they're following the idols in our heart. So listen to me, guys. Do not allow anyone or anything to lead you astray. If you are a leader, correct it, repent, get in line, renounce it. Because after a long period of time of not repenting and not renouncing it, it turns into witchcraft. It turns into rebellion is as the sin is witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Rebellion and stubbornness go hand in hand. Renounce it, repent, because it turns into witchcraft. If you don't correct that one thing and then it starts to build on other things. This is why when this man gives his testimony, God had to tear it all down. Why? Because it was building upon other things, other things on the inside of us. And, and, and if we don't correct or if we don't repent, then it goes into other things that God never intended. Now, I don't believe the leader always starts off like this. We, I don't believe that most leaders start off like this. It always starts as, oh, I'm so happy to be saved that God is using me. And it goes into, oh, I'm getting this kind of attention. I'm getting these kind of accolades. And then it goes into you speaking your own desires and not the things that God will have you to say. Repent, renounce it, get back in line. God is merciful. Like Prophet Tommy said, look at this as an act of his mercy, the word that is coming forth today. Because after a certain period of time, God will give you a time and then he will expose, expose. So we have to know that guys, truth cannot be compromised for the sake of peace. Truth cannot be compromised for the sake of peace. Truth is going to sometimes separate and it's going to sometimes divide, but that's okay. The more light you have, the less of the world you would have in you, the less of your idols you would have in you. The more light of Christ you have, the less of you you would have. You decrease, we decrease, and so that he will increase. God says, if I be lifted up, I would draw all men unto me. But God has to be lifted up, not we lifting up ourselves. So the more you lift up yourself, the less of God you have. But God said, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men, his people unto him, not to the leader. God, this is another thing God gave me, right? So speaking on behalf of God, right, requires courage. It requires, um, it's going to be, you know, confrontation. It's going to require us to, to be rejected as leaders. And a lot of people want to fit in. We wasn't born to fit in. Paul said it's good. And he said it like this in Galatians 1 and 10. 
Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Pleasing people and serving God is two opposite things. So Paul is saying, if I was trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So rejection is going to come. Opposition will come. Resistance will come. But that's okay. Because we are called to speak what God says. Nothing more. Don't add anything to it and don't take anything away from it and nothing less. And when we do get over, because sometimes we do come into error, we repent and we get back in line as leaders. It's vitally important. So then, you know, um, I think a lot of times this is important as well. This is where the confusion comes in. And after I give this, I'm going to go ahead and insert the video clips guys and when I insert the video clips you'll then see his testimony after I insert the video clips and it's powerful I'm going to put the link in the description so that you can see the entire video it's amazing because he talked about celebrity Christianity it's powerful but I only carved out his testimony so the confusion comes in I think with people it comes in where there is a false approval because we think God is silent, okay? So we think that that's a green light to continue in what we're doing. We think that's a green light, right? Or we just skip over what God has told us to do and we keep moving anyway. And because nothing has happened, we think all is well, all is good, right? So... The confusion comes in where God will still use you as a leader and God will still give you things as a leader and still bless you as a leader. And this is where the confusion comes in, even with Christians that are not leaders, even with just Christians, period, right? Leadership, especially. We think God's silence means his approval. But I'm here to tell you this, that is so far from the truth because a dream has come somewhere along the line. God has provided a way of escape through some, through another word, through another prophet or through just the word of the Lord or through a dream or a vision or through his word, you know, the Bible, a word has come, a correction has come, but we've ignored it. Why? Because we can't see it because of the sin, because we need to repent. So I think where the confusion comes in at people, you know, still getting blessed or they still have an anointing because God doesn't repent for giving you the gift or he doesn't revoke or take the gift back. We think that that's a sign of God's approval for us to continue in our sin or continue not repenting. And that's far from the truth. And I think that's where the confusion comes in and that that sometimes as people, we think it's okay to live a homosexual lifestyle or we think it's okay to um, live in sin or to uh, live a double life, you know, and, and we think that's okay because we're still being used and utilized by God. We're still uh, laying hands on the sick and we're people are still falling out under the anointing that the word of the Lord is still coming forth, the prophetic word, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, everything is still flowing. So you taking it as a sign of God's approval when simply that is far from the truth. God is simply merciful. 
slow to anger, but abounding in love. So he would give you a time. His mercy surpasses human understanding because he's not like man. He's not a man that he should repent. He's not slacking any promises, right? So we mistaken that nature and that love and that mercy that he has. And I always say this, until you understand the love of God and the way that God feels about us, and the, you have to look at what Jesus did on the cross, how he was beaten and bludgeoned and how his beard was ripped off his face, how they spit upon him, how they just just did him horrible. The cat of nine tails was, you know, he was beaten with the cat of nine tails and the flesh was ripped from his back. And, but until we understand that love and that mercy, we will never understand why God still blesses us and keeps us safe and still protects us, even in our sin. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that means that he died for everything and every sin that we would ever commit. But the flip side to that coin, God is also a consuming fire. He's also a God of judgment and justice. He's also a God of recompense. He's also a God of restoration. He's a God of all of that. But I think where, we come, where the confusion comes in that we think because these blessings are still happening or we still walking in the anointing and we still have the anointing on us and people are still falling out under the power. And we think that that's an okay and a green light to still live a double life or not repent or still lead people astray when it's far from the truth. But God says, don't unsee what you saw. If you see it, he showed it to you for a reason. So we are to pray for people. When God show us things about leaders, we are to pray for them. And we are to pray that God's will be done, not our will, not our own, you know, emotions or our, we pray that God's will be done. So if his will may say you need to disconnect yourself or his will may just say you need to pray for that leader. His will may say to you, um, you know, his will may deal with him in his own time, which God deals with leaders in his own time. We see that in the book of Saul with Saul and David, how Saul was still, even though God anointed David, that was 17 or 18 years before that, that word came to pass. And Saul was still in as king, working as king, right? He was still established as a king. So God deals with leaders in their own time. But the flip side to that coin is the time is coming. And I believe we in a narrow, narrow time right now that God is saying, repent, come up from amount, come out from among them and be separate. Hear the word of the Lord, leaders. We don't own people. People don't belong to us. We serve them on behalf of God. They don't belong to us. They're not our slaves. They're not meant to be controlled. God is dealing with the spiritual abuse in this hour, authoritative abuse, not just in the church, but in the marketplace, the leaders, the CEOs, right? The vice presidents, the managers at the fast food chains, at the, at the retail stores. Anybody that God has given that capacity of leadership, this word is for you. But he says, repent, renounce, and come into his habitation. Come out from among them and be ye separate. 
The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry and their petitions and their prayers. So God hears, he sees, and he knows, and he will deal with people in his time. The next thing that you're going to see is the video of the the video of the um, prophet that gave his testimony, but I'm going to put the link in the description, guys, so that you can see the entire video. It's powerful, and I implore you to watch it to the end. God bless. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing to the channel. This gospel needs to get put out. God has a remnant, and that remnant is rising up. The Josephs are rising. The Esthers are rising. The, the Davids are rising. They are rising in this time for an end time anointing. And until the next time, you be blessed. I love you guys. Are not familiar with me or, or don't quite know my story. I felt that I was to just share briefly what the last couple of years has been like. Just take you back to the summertime of 2020. As he mentioned, my wife and I had pastored and pioneered a church that became two down in Florida. I began to write books. Several of them became number one bestsellers. I began to do quite a bit of television on Daystar and TBN and the 700 Club and was really blessed by uh, the favor of God in many different circles and felt his pleasure and felt his love for my life. And in 2020, around June, I had had a three-part dream. In the first part of the dream, I saw the Dodgers win the World Series. The Lord said to me it was a sign that he wasn't done with California and that revival would come to Los Angeles and would hit the state. <clears throat> the second part of the dream, I saw Amy Coney Barrett being set in as a Supreme Court justice before the 2020 election as a sign that Roe v. Wade would be overturned in America. The third part of the dream was that Donald Trump would be re-elected president of the United States. So the weekend before the 2020 election, I find myself in Washington, D.C. with thousands and thousands of Christian believers having a, a, a desire to see God do many things in our nation and in October, on the 24th of the 25th, I believe, the Dodgers won the World Series. So the first part of that dream came true. The second part of the dream the next day came true. Amy Coney Barrett was set in as a Supreme Court Justice. And so I remember taking an interview a couple of days before, I believe it was November 6th, by a large uh, newspaper saying to me, you've got to out of three right, do you believe that the third one uh, is correct? And I responded, yes. And so the election happens and Joe Biden is declared winner uh, of the United States election. I remember being in my house in December and remember that first day after uh, they announced that Biden was the winner, I got online and I told everybody that it was stolen and all of these 
things, believing that if I had two out of three right, we just needed to see what would happen and contend and all those things. And I remember being in my house in December, you know, waiting. I believe during that time, most people were waiting to January 6th for them to kind of officially ratify the vote. I remember the Lord coming into my house one night. I was actually writing a book that I'd signed a contract with. I've never shared this publicly ever before. I had signed a book contract called Trump and the Rise of the Remnant. And I was on the last chapter of the book. And all I can tell you is the spirit of the fear of the Lord came into my house. And the Lord said to me, if you publish this book, you will ruin the prophetic ministry that I've given you in America. The Lord said to me, I want you to cancel the book contract and I want you to write a letter of apology to the body of Christ that you missed the third part of the prophecy. I wrote that letter about December 10th, 2020 and waited till January 6th when Biden was certified the winner. And on January 7th, I published a letter to the body of Christ saying that I'm sorry. The New York Times, the Washington Post, every major newspaper, every major radio station, television station in the world took that letter and ran with it and published it. I had braced myself in those moments and days thinking that cessationists would come after me those who would believe that you have to be 100% accurate or you're a false prophet. What I wasn't prepared for was the charismatic movement, my white evangelical brothers and sisters who for years had propped me up as a sort of poster boy for a certain movement, began the death threats. They began uh, the persecution. Uh, it was... Uh, a tremendous trying time where our staff truly uh, feared for their lives every day that they would come to work if they would even come to work because of what we were going through. And so I began to go through a season where God began to do a work in my heart. God began to do something in me where it was never about whether I was right or wrong. It was about God saying that a man in a ministry had to die. It was that the Lord wanted my reputation. It was that he wanted me to die to the opinions of people. It was like he wanted to use my act of brokenness and humility and all the misunderstanding that surrounded it. You know, you're talking about within three days we went from $50,000 of monthly support to zero. Want to become a consistent trader? Then stop making your charts look like this because you don't. So March came around, March the 8th, and the Lord said to me, I want more than an apology. I want you to shut down your ministry. I want you to delete all your social media accounts that we had built over a decade, almost a million followers online. I remember being hysterical in my garage, crying, saying to the Lord, God, you've given us this 
entrustment, I have a staff, I have a family. How in the world am I going to do this? We've already been through so much persecution. And I remember calling a spiritual mom. Her name is Patricia King. And truthfully, I called her hoping that she would tell me I was just crazy and not to do it. I remember crying and telling her what I felt like the Lord said, and she began to laugh. She said, Jeremiah, this is God, and this is the way of the cross. This is exactly what he's asking you to do to die. So messages like Jesse's and some of uh, what you've heard this weekend, I identify not just in theory, but I identify in practical experience what it was like to lay down a following, to lay down finances, to lay down what you felt like God asked you to build for a greater purpose. And so when that happened in March and we shut everything down, I went off the grid. I got offline. I spent six months in Revelation 4 and Isaiah 6, and I began to stare at the man who sits above the circle of the earth. And I began to get delivered of a focus on the White House. I began to understand how over the years I had an ability to prophesy what God is saying, but the leaven of Herod had invaded me. We were under so much attack, I, I don't know that I really have adequate words to describe what we endured during that time. But I can tell you that in July of last year, not even a year ago, I was invited to Pittsburgh, Bishop Joseph Garlington's church, and it was a gathering of the prophets. And I was asked to share what happened to me. Many people just thought, like, what, what happened to Jeremiah? You know, he's going through a season or something. And I had not spoken or emerged from all of that happened. And I remember getting up and sharing our story and sharing all that we had been through. And I went to get down off the stage. And there was an African-American pastor there and another man who came up. I'd never met them before. And they said, we can't let you get off the stage. I said, okay. They said, we believe that you're under the power of witchcraft. We believe that all the threats and everything that you've endured, there's something, an assignment over your life that we have to break. All I can tell you is that if you didn't know me and you watched what happened, you would have thought I was demon-possessed. Because the moment they began to break that power off of me, my physical body began to respond to those decrees. And I want to tell you that on July 21st of 2021, I was powerfully delivered from the power of witchcraft.
And I, I asked my, my African-American brother, why, why are you the only one up here? And he said, because we understand. I woke up the next day in my hotel room and called my wife and I said, I feel like I'm seeing color for the first time in a year. I said, I feel a, a thousand pounds lighter. I feel the mantle that the Lord has given me rejuvenate. But I said, I also now feel more out of place than ever before. And I believe that I have been on a journey over the last few years understanding that I have been trapped in white evangelicalism. And what the Lord has sought to do is deliver me out of that and give me a global perspective which includes every tongue, tribe, and nation. And our highest loyalty is never to a political party, but it's to the man who sits above the circle of the earth. And I want to declare to you that Jesus Christ is King, Lord of Lords, Christ immortal, omnipotent, almighty God. But I, I would have never known it unless the discipline was so severe, unless the crushing was so intense that God began to wake me up to some of the error of my ways. July 21st, in the seventh month of the 21st day, the book of Habakkuk says, that the latter glory will far surpass the former. I believe it was no mistake that on July 21st, God sought to deliver me from me. I want to tell you tonight as a faithful witness to Jesus Christ that he loved me so much that he tore down my ministry to save me. So thank you to those who...